From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Just last week, the Parkland community was shocked when the fate of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooter evaded the death penalty and instead will spend the rest of his life in prison. A lot of anger in the community, and later we're going to talk about injustice trauma. But first, I want to introduce two former students of Stoneman Douglas who are attending the high school on February 14th, 2018. Josh Medor and Mia Freeman. Josh is 22 and Mia is 21. Thank you for joining us. How time flies. Let me ask you, where were both of you on that fateful day? Mia? I was actually leaving the bathroom around that time when the fire alarm went off. Now, you told me before we started recording that actually you were supposed to be in a class in that building But what was it a week before the location was changed or something? Yeah. So my teacher, her name is Mr. Pittman. I was in his class and his room was having work done to it. And so we were using a teacher's room in the freshman building where it happened for a month or so. And then we just got moved back to our room the week before. Oh, that that is so fateful. That's incredible. Now, Josh, tell me where you were. I just want to tell everybody that Stoneman Douglas is built like a campus. You know, you, you, it's sort of built around a large courtyard and you have several buildings. All of the shootings happened in what they call the freshman building. Josh, were you in the freshman building? Uh, no, I was not. So like you were saying, there's a campus and then the courtyard is kind of like the central point on the entire school grounds. Um, I was on the opposite side of the courtyard that the freshman building is on. I see. So what were you getting, being that you weren't in the building? What were you hearing uh, in terms of there was a disruption, you know, around, I think it was two, little after two o'clock in the afternoon? We are scheduled to leave at 2.40, and I think all of this happened just right around 2.30. The first thing that we all heard on that side of the campus was the fire alarm. And that's what, you know, we all got up, you know, you hear a fire alarm, you're supposed to evacuate. And that's what we started doing, even though there was a fire drill earlier that morning. So there was a lot of confusion. And, you know, we were all just doing what we thought we were told to do. Um, Teachers were even confused. They were trying to radio into each other and to the administration and see what was going on. But we were all just kind of puzzled at what was going on. Dr. B, I want to bring you in. I know that you dealt with a lot of the trauma fallout of this tragedy. What What is something you want to ask Mia? Really, one of the things I'd like to ask her is how she's doing lately and how she's been able to deal with having such a trauma and you know, go on you know, with her life. I think lately I've been doing a lot better. I don't really have nightmares about it anymore, but I do pay attention to my surroundings a lot more than... I used to at school, um, my college, University of North Florida, when a teacher leaves the door unlocked or open during class, I'm always a little freaked out. When I go to the movies and I go to the bathroom by myself, since I was in the bathroom when it happened, it kind of just freaked me out a little bit too. But I think I've kind of just like repressed my feelings and my emotions towards everything. So it doesn't really affect me that much. 
Mia, in response to what you said about having some like breakthroughs, you know, in certain situations and things that really remind you of that, those are good things to start to talk about. And if they persist, you should really get some professional help about that. And that could really help you work it through. Now, Josh, I'm going to bring you in. You had some friends that were killed that day, correct? Yes. Um, a few of my classmates from the senior class and uh, a couple of kids that I was in band with lost their lives that day. So then the school was canceled for about two weeks and there were funerals, a lot of them. Um, how did you two get through those two weeks you know, when you had the memorials in the park and there was a lot of a lot of getting together. I can remember. How were those two weeks before school started again for the both of you? So actually that weekend, one of my best friends from sleepaway camp that I go to, she lives in Fort Myers. And when she heard about it, she came down and spent a little while with me, went to a couple of funerals because one of my friends from that camp as well, her brother passed away from it. So we went to that funeral together since we both knew the sister. And honestly, I just had a lot of friends and family reach out to me and ask if I need anything. And I just had a lot of good support around me during that time. So you had a couple more years to go, uh, the two of you. How did you get through that? I mean, it was creepy because the the building was was tied off by a police tape. How did the school, how did your friends, how did your parents, how did the community help you uh, with what you were going through, the bad memories? I would say there was just a lot of support, a lot of support in like a traditional sense, like mental health counselors and then just your friends and your family. And even on campus, they they brought in some therapy dogs and it was just uh, a lot more of a relaxed school environment just in the sense that we weren't trying to put too much pressure on all these kids that you know, we all went through something. And so it was just like, you do what you can. And when you feel like you can't let someone know and take the necessary time, the steps, whatever you need to feel at a position where you can contribute again. And I feel like it was all very supportive. And, you know, it was easy to rely on each other because we were all going through the same thing. You know, here's a good time to talk about what happened with Josh and having acute care. You know, Willie, one of the things he emphasized was, hey, people were right there. People helped me understand. People, you know, helped me try to figure it out. I didn't feel like alone, you know, and they were empathic caretakers. Josh, I think what you're saying, is that right? It really helped you a lot? Yes, absolutely. Okay, that's, that's good. Really good. I want to turn the conversation a little around to the the news of the verdict last week. Uh, Most people close to the shooting were obviously furious. What is your take, Mia, uh, your feelings? I mean, here you've gone on um, to college, you're flourishing, making new friends. uh, And then all of a sudden it's it's brought up again. How has the verdict um, impacted your life? So it's kind of off and on for me. Honestly, I think it was dragged out for way too long because then once I start to kind of 
get myself a little bit better, then something new gets brought up and something I see videos, I see pictures, I see things that bring me back to what happened as I'm trying to work on bettering myself and getting over it. But I think now that the verdict is out, I can finally have a little bit of closure and full, like focus on actually getting better and getting over all of this. Now, Josh, what is your opinion of the verdict? You know, I can't go too deep into the justice system, but I would say that I feel that justice will be served in some way for Nicholas Cruz, um, whether that is spending the rest of his life in prison or whether he did get the death penalty. I think that he will get what's coming to him. Karma, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a common thread between both of these uh, young people. You know, for Mia, it certainly, she says clearly that it was closure. And for Josh here, you know, he, he's saying that uh, he's going to, like, have some kind of justice. And uh, th- that's what he feels comfortable with. So it seems like both of them have a little closure, you know, about the event. Now, with some people, when when there is a verdict or there is a decision, and I mean, certainly a lot of the families feel this right now, there's something called traumatic injustice. Then that's a, a term that's a psychological term. Dr. B, can you define that and then talk about how someone listening who might feel that way could get over it? You know, I think this is a uh important concept to talk about in this context. Now, it's a misconception that trauma results from life events that happen to us, such as surviving a crash, muggings, traumas in in childhood. But some of these responses and our experiences could also happen in the present, you know, uh, with our parents, siblings, or even certainly in this event. So when somebody goes through an injustice trauma, it's like it's substantially like negative impact on their lives. There could be multiple ones. And certainly this was an injustice trauma. And it could leave you in a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. And this is really the problem here. So, you know, if people have diminished functionality, that certainly means they should get some help. But the idea of this type of trauma can really uh, play a big role in people's mental health. I know, Dr. B, you know that uh, my partner, Joel Kaplan, and I produced the PBS documentary, uh, Parkland Healing a Community and a Nation. And I always felt close to Parkland. I lived there for 20 years. My kids went to Stoneman Douglas many years ago. I became very close to the kids that went to school there during that tragedy. And there was one girl who came up after during a film festival. And and I'll never forget what she said to me. She says, thank you for not looking at me like that kid who went through that horrible day. You look at me like a happy girl who loves life. I want to ask you, Josh, and I want to ask you, Mia, how do you put into perspective that one horrible day years ago? Do you let it define you or is it something that you've become successful at walking away from so I try not to let it define me I honestly I don't tell many people what I went through and what had happened to me because I don't want that to be what they know me as and what happened to me and also it sometimes makes conversations a little awkward because people don't really know how to respond or to really talk to me 
like they feel bad for me and it's just very awkward but I think I've taken it and I've grown from it a lot and I've used it to better my experience and to help other people as well. Josh, you majored in behavioral neuroscience. Would your decision, uh, the fact that you went down that path and when we spoke the other day, you said your impetus, your mission is to help people and find out how they work, how they think, how they behave. Would that day that, or I should say those years that you went through after that tragedy have anything to do with where you are today and what you've decided to study? Yes, absolutely. In more unconscious ways, I feel like the shooting itself is not what sparked my interest in psychology, but my own response to it. In the days following, I felt, I guess you could say numb in shock. I just didn't know what emotions I was feeling or how to process them. And it got me thinking about where I am comparatively to all of my peers and how they were feeling. And it took a deep dive for me to figure out how I finally feel about it. And once I got there, I kept going and it made me figure out who I want to be and who I have been and just a whole spiral into introspection. And I think that I can no longer be ignorant to my own thoughts and decisions. And I want to help people to separate themselves from that ignorance. Uh, I, I really like what Josh and Mia had to say. It, it's certain that times can define people th- them, you know, themselves. And these times that they live through certainly define them. And they've really made a great compensation. It talks to their resilience, and I hope a lot of kids that were went through what you went through have that this kind of resilience from both of you. Well, thank you, you two. I'm glad you are doing so well and flourishing. Continue to do so. Thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to know more about this topic, just log onto our website at bregmanmd.com, and you're going to find loads of videos and blogs that will help you with whatever challenges you're dealing with. From Bregman MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at bregmanmd.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.